This isn't a D&D podcast. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this is a couple of storytelling gremlins out to curse dice, make questionable character choices, and possibly, if they can stop crying long enough, figure out how the hell we all got here in the first place. And they're guided sadly by no one. That's right, they left us unsupervised, like toddlers all hopped up on pixie sticks in Mountain Dew. We truly cannot accurately describe the sheer bullshit y'all are about to get yourselves into. That being said, welcome to the Defectors, you chaotic little shits. Let's trauma bond. So from this point up to the start of the main campaign is 216 years. So we're going to be doing some pretty massive time jumps. Yeah. Like I will be asking you questions like, so what do you do for the next 50 years? <laughs> but um, for now, you guys are where you are. You, you know that Mallory is gone. You know that you have created the city and it is exactly what you wanted. You can see pieces that you've created. You can see that it is set up with kind of austere, vaguely dirty stonework. Um, and there are so many people you, you couldn't even possibly function. You see that there are like some robotics and automatons. Uh, there are definitely artificers walking around. So it's about as technologically advanced as you would have hoped. Maybe not quite as much as LA, probably because at least one person was picturing Mison. Damn it, Nate. <laughs> the spell took the happy medium, essentially. But you take days, weeks to figure out what the hell is going on here. And essentially you, you guys eventually over time figure out several things. One, this place is called Horizons Point. Two, apparently people believe that their families have lived here for generations and generations and generations. You are all part of this society in that you have friends and homes and jobs and people know you. I have an idea, but before I say that's what it is, what role would Brenna believe she would have in a city? I mean, the protector, I think. <laughs> I don't know how that jives with what your thought is. Pretty well. Uh, much to your surprise, you find that you are in fact the sovereign mayor. Hmm. So you have uh, a mansion, you have assistants, you, you are expected to be in meetings and, and make sure that all that goes well. Aaliyah is apparently a physician with a practice. Constantine owns this shop. Morgan is a librarian. You guys probably find this out actually as you're walking around and like, you know, a, a young woman kind of like in her mid 20s, late 20s, maybe like a cute little like freckled elven girl with like a blonde pixie cut kind of runs over and grabs Nate's hand and goes, Nate, are you coming? We're going to be late. And he is like, what? Uh, what? What? Sorry, what? And she turns. She goes, Oh, we're your friends. Uh, uh, hi, I'm I'm Adelaide. I'm I'm his musical partner. Do you guys? Uh, sorry. Oh, oh my God, you're the mayor. Oh my God, <laughs> this is so wild. You're friends with the mayor. Oh God, this is so cool. Come on, we're gonna be late for real. Though. So sorry. Um, he has like a musical act in a tavern. But all of you are like ingratiated in this society and you probably take a couple of days, a couple of weeks to probably like get used to that. At no point does anyone come up the mountain after you. Another thing you find out, this is a realization that takes probably towards the end of the first few weeks to realize, but you've come to the conclusion that based on like the reliefs that are sort of carved into the outside of the basilica and based on what you know, you are probably the closest thing that this place has to gods. <laughs> you don't really know what that means or what that can do, but essentially they have some sort of belief in you or beings that are kind of like you, that are gods, sort of. You know how it works by now. 
um, so knowing that information, is there anything you want to do or anything you want to look at or try to figure out in the first couple of weeks? I imagine it's hugely shell shocking, but I think in the first couple of weeks, especially given that Nate pretty much immediately gets pulled in a different direction to another life, she sort of huffily assumes that he's happier there and starts shoring up defenses. That's always been her first line of thought. She goes into tactician mode as much as is possible while trying to figure out how to also be a politician. Mm -hmm. So I think she spends some time learning from the aides that were magically provided, but also, you know, starting initiatives to defend the city as much as possible from what she doesn't really ever specify. It's just kind of spun as like our wonderful, amazing city um, you know, with all of our wonderful people and our incredible advancements, and we want to protect it from any future threats. So she begins a defense initiative. And I think whether or not she intended it to be that way, with all this focus on defense, especially as you realize the city has never known, like in this made up history that didn't actually happen, but in their history books, they've never known war, mm -hmm. which is interesting that that's something that you apparently all, or at least the vast majority of you, wanted so desperately that it became true, a city that didn't know war. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, the way that it translates is, well, who do we protect ourselves from? Oh, the people who live outside our big wall, of course. So the wall is shored up and uh, guards are placed and the focus turns to the people outside of the wall who are not, who are not us. Whether or not that was Brenna's intention, there was probably always a divide, but that certainly greatens the divide between the people in the edge and the people in the point. Ironically, the one institution that really doesn't follow that line of thought is the church. Hmm. The church has outreach programs. The church uh, like sponsors people from the edge to work in the city and to make sure that they have what they need and that all their basic necessities are met. The church really does a lot to keep the people of the edge safe and happy and comfortable. Even though the rest of the city is kind of like, mm, they're dirty though. And they live on the other side of the wall. That's where the bad people live. I think for a minute she tries a few like, but that's not exact. That's not, I, mm. but her aides are probably like, it's going to be bad press. It's, it's going to be I bad press. Not, you don't want to do that. So she's like, well, collateral. <laughs> if it makes damage. you happy. Okay. <laughs> if it means you'll build my fucking wall and maybe put some guards on it. Great. Cool. 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 Tight. As long as we're safe. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. She's becoming everything she hated. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, something that you've also recognized is that this thick roiling fog has become sort of the perimeter of the edge. And you guys, you know, take some time to do some research, look through it, and you you figure out essentially like this has become like the manifestation of, of the perception magic that makes this place. Mm -hmm. And it is basically impenetrable probably because you guys were so focused on making sure no one could get back up after you. Yeah. That being said, you all can come and go through it as you please. It takes a while to sort of figure this out. It's Aaliyah, ironically, who proposes, well, if we're supposed to be gods, why wouldn't we be able to come and go? Which is the only working hypothesis that you have at this point. And once he realizes that's a possibility, Nate goes back down the mountain. Yeah. He kind of like very respectfully will give you a heads up and just sort of let you know i have to go check on them make sure that they're okay i don't know if i'm gonna stay or not but if you're looking for me i mean if you're looking for me don't but if you need me that's where i am i hope you find what you're looking for yeah same to you whatever that is if you even know if, if you if you even know 
you don't know me though. You never knew. And that's like for a minute, she actually like breaks the mayor, breaks the God, breaks the whole thing and has a like, wants to have a retort and doesn't. <laughs> you, ne- you never knew. I don't know. If we're pulling a persuasion check for me. Uh, that's a 24? Just, just for a second, you see something like hope in his eyes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just go find that information then, I guess. Yes. Go find that information. Yeah. On the beach. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, should you have need of a ridiculously charming, good looking, handsome, incredibly perfect person. I know where Constantine's shop is. (laughs) He laughs. She kind of chokes back a smile, but it's there. He smiles a little bit and nods and he, he leaves with a spring in his step. So he does, he does go back down to the beach. And what he finds is that Mizan did not make it out entirely intact, but they can very much take care of themselves. Oh, thank God. Yeah. They're, they're down. Lives were lost. Property was destroyed. Fallon is fine. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> yeah. Fallon's, Fallon's actually a god. <laughs> spoiler alert, Fallon's higher level than all of you as gods. Yeah. Like yeah. she's she's she is in in like squarely in the role of like spiritual elder because if she actually like did any magic, I'd be like, well, everyone's dead. She just fixed it. <laughs> everyone um, is immortal now. She just everyone's immortal. It it's fine. It's fantastic. But he he goes down there and he spends some time sort of helping them rebuild. He does go back and forth. You don't know how much that has to do with your 24 persuasion check. God damn, that's clutch. The first the first one that this version of me has rolled well on with Nate, so thankfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everyone else is sort of, you know, left to their own devices. He comes back and forth, and as everyone gets settled, and as Nate sort of informs all of you, like, Musan's okay, they're rebuilding. By the way, they're really pissed at all of you, all things considered. You guys start wondering what happened to Mallory. It, it had always been a question, but it wasn't something that you had the, the time or the opportunity or the ability to pursue. And now that you are relatively sure that you're safe and you know that like the people that were just on the beach are not coming to get you, you can focus your attention on other problems. Uh, this one is what the fuck happened to Mallory and where did she go? You're, you're not the only person who saw her basically melt. Not everyone did, but some enough people saw it so that it wasn't like, a, well, maybe I was hallucinating. Like, no, that is what happened. And with that information, knowing that that happened, um, Morgan spends a lot of time listening to what other people are saying, writing down everything, making sure that everything is recorded. She spends a lot of time like compiling information and it takes her a while, but she eventually puts together, like after spending time in the edge and hearing about like these whispers of the seventh God, she is the one who puts together that, um, uh, well, two things actually. First is that the God of death in this land is Henry, which doesn't make sense because Henry never made it here. So that's confusing. Uh-huh. So she puts that together and she also puts together that this, this rumored seventh God, this lost girl, just kind of based on, on what she hears, sounds like it makes sense that that would be Mallory. Like if all of you are these powerful entities and there's one unknown powerful entity and one missing person, logically makes sense that those two things would be related. But the question ends up being where to go from there. A lot of people don't have ideas. 
Constantine kind of throws himself into the shop and is like, if we made these fucking people, I'm going to make sure that they have what they need. In a weird kind of like dadly sort of thing, he's like, what? we just fucking made these people. So like, oh, I'm not just going to abandon them, I guess. It's it's weird that he's taking like almost ownership. Nate is, is still going back and forth and just doesn't have any ideas and is like, I, I have plenty of philosophical ideas about like what might have happened in terms of what to do. He's got nothing. Aaliyah, deep in the book again, has started working on a new project. Now that she has discovered that Henry is the god of death, she's decided that she would like to cure death because if there's no more death, you don't really have need of a death god. And then maybe he could like, you know, be alive again. That's her general focus at the moment. So this is this is probably like the first instance of the God Squad kind of devolving and splintering off and being like, mm. well, we're just going to argue or we're not going to talk about it or we're not going to say things. We're going to work on our own shit. We're just not going to fix anything for a while. Aaliyah also starts going back to Mizan, mostly to steal their bodies. God damn it, Aaliyah. She starts she starts doing all of her creepy autopsies. She builds herself her little hut in the fog so that she can do her creepy autopsies, not in the city where people can find her and not on the beach where the people from Mizan can be like, really? They give her some willingly. They're scared of her, but also like she lived there. She did help. She was part of the community when she explains what she wants to do. Those three women are probably like, well, we didn't quite get this far. So we kind of understand where you're coming from, but also like, Aaliyah will provide for them what they need and they will provide her what she needs. That's how it works. There's usually more of a community aspect to it, but Aaliyah is making it, as you said before, transactional, but she's still following the rules. So you're like, if someone dies, okay, to further your research, we will let you do this if you do whatever it is that we ask you to do. He would have let us turn someone into a baby if we just asked them, wouldn't we? <laughs> we should have just asked. Can we baby your baby? Can I make your old person a baby or not? That's what I need. I'll mend your fence. <laughs> That's how it's always worked. So that is sort of what happens in the first several weeks, several months, possibly several years. And by possibly several years, I mean like about 50 years. As time progresses, another thing you realize you're not aging. Mm. So that was a part of Aaliyah's potion that you didn't necessarily get to test. You're not aging. You know, the first year or two, it's like, okay, well, yeah, sure, that's not much. But you watch, uh, like, Aaliyah's going gray from, you assume, like, extended magical use or just from stress or you don't know what. She is going gray, but, like, her face doesn't change. <laughs> Nothing about any of you changes physically, not for two years, not for five, not for 10, not for 15, not for 25. You stay in your mid-30s, early to mid-30s, and that's just where you are. So over that 50 years, you know, you all begin to realize that you have to take precautions like, okay, I guess at some point, like, like you can't be mayor for 65 years and still look 30. Like, that's not normal. So you start up the um, when Aoife did research and was mm. like, well, okay, well, like for 30 years, their names are gone. This is the pattern that you guys get into where you sort of do the math of like, all right, well, if I was a real person aging the way that they should, how long could I be here? Okay, now it's time for me to get a different job, change my name. Um, and the city is big enough that you can do that along with some, you know, alter self spells, uh, some different clothes, different hairstyles. It's really not that hard because it's not something anyone will be looking out for. So as these 50 years pass, what does Brenna do? 
I think when they splintered on the topic of Mallory, that started sitting pretty heavily with her. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of this newer clinical persona, she is very much haunted by the fact that first off what she saw, mm-hmm. um, sure. but also because knowing how the magic works, her logical conclusion is that she was at least a large portion of the problem based on the fact that she saw her melt and go down. Mm-hmm. The only thing she can think is we have to find a way to search down. So I think her next job is she creates some initiative within the, like some sort of the engineering core or um, all the artificers to be like, oh, we need to map what's under the city because who knows what untold resources could be there. Neat, but it's very top secret because we don't want everyone fighting over it. That's that's very fair. Um, So you put together, uh, is this like while you're mayor, you want to put this together? Or is this like outside, like, because you guys have a known shell corporation. Um, <laughs> that's true that needs to be developed at some point no um, i think the mayor retires mm-hmm. um maybe sets aside funding even though they don't need it but to make like make it look official for like for the future of the city mm-hmm. so she sets it aside and then this you know new upstart comes in and goes we should carry on the legacy of the mayor we're gonna take this initiative through okay so it is like sponsored by the government though and not part mm-hmm. of your shell corporation yeah <laughs> okay uh, I will say also, you guys can manipulate, all of you can manipulate essentially the way that this works to make sure that you are always in some way involved in that mm-hmm. so that you have some sort of creative control or at least some insight into where like the engineers and the artificers are going, what they're finding and what they're looking for. Yeah, because her fear is like, if we became that powerful and they find her without me there, they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they start... They start trying to invent like a, a seismometer. Is that what you call it? Sure. Um, that that thing that basically tells you it's like a stud finder, but for the ground, uh, where it tells you where holes are. But it's still not an engineer, so she's yeah. like, "Yeah, that sounds right." Um, but basically, that they're trying to invent a machine that will essentially, you know, through vibrations or magic or a combination of both, measure the density of the ground to figure out where there are openings mm-hmm. because it was it was pitched as resources you know they have it like oh this frequency means that there's iron this frequency means that there's this precious metal this frequency means that there's a hole and you're like oh well tell me about the hole isn't that interesting a big hole like have we found all the holes, big holes there. <laughs> these people do not have the power of a creepy book and this stuff doesn't exist yet so it takes them a while to get it uh fought up and prototyped and tested and destroyed and tried again and and uh, it takes years to get something functional and then it takes years after that to get it to where it's a a normal thing that like can be used by groups and people can actually start you know really 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 digging into it and it's pretty slow work Mm -hmm. but you are able to set that up over over the 50 years so before we move on to the next big event other than that is there anything you want to do personally with any of your teammates Constantine has remained very unpleasant. Yeah. I think weirdly, she probably has still gone out of her way to go visit him (laughs) pretty often. And it more often than not devolves into a fight, I would say. Yeah. But there's just something in her to keep pressing to like actually go on weird social visits to Con. (laughs) I mean, it it makes sense. Because I mean, Nate, Nate is friendly enough to both of you, but that's not happening anymore. I can understand there being like a, remember that time we lived on a beach and we were both in love with that dude and we were okay with it and like everything seemed all right. That was neat. 
without being able to recognize, certainly not being able to speak about it. Mm-hmm. So instead, you just sort of like sit and hate each other's company, but not really. Mm-hmm. Like they, their fight is like a sport for them almost. Yeah, it's it's like they want to they want to hang out and they want to be friends and they want to be social with each other. But all either of them knows how to do anymore is be antagonistic to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not good or healthy, but it's what they've got. And it's better than nothing. Well, and it's better than the part of Brenna that still exists where she started to recognize when she's hurting people. Because mm-hmm. I think that moment on the beach with Morgan where she chose to not attack her was the first time she went, oh, whatever's happening is bad. So the one person who can take it as good as they can give it, as far as she's concerned, is Cotton. Yeah. There's there's no more like sharp insights from him. It is all like personal attacks and like really crude, purposefully offensive sex jokes. Mm-hmm. Like he he goes out of his way to offend you and get a rise out of you. She's physically attacked him more than once. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Yeah, he never I don't think he ever like physically fights back because I think in his head, the second she throws a punch, he thinks he's won. Yeah, just so infuriating. He wins a lot. I mean, she never like hurts him, but she will like sure deck him. Yeah. And then give him a healing potion from his own shop. Yeah. <laughs> just to be like, Thanks for giving me my own fucking property. Appreciate it. Actually, he doesn't have called. potions. Oh, that's true. He's got like guns and gadgets and shit. I forgot. <laughs> just whips it with his own gun. <laughs> just quality control. <laughs> So I, I assume like beyond that, you keep in touch and like you all keep in touch with each other regarding like the things that you're doing and like the work that you're, whatever work you're trying to make towards finding Mallory um, and figuring out what to do about her, which very little progress has been made, but everyone seems content to be like, all right, you have put together this initiative with these engineers. We'll find her at some point if she's in the ground, you know, cause the alter, you're not, you're not sure that she's just not gone, mm-hmm. but if she is anywhere, that's where you saw her go. Yeah, I think the only other person she really makes time for is Morgan, but it's not anything like it used to be because she doesn't have that capacity. Yeah. So she probably checks in more often with her as far as like, oh, this is what's happening with my initiative. What's new with you? I mean, your initiative, what's books? How does how the books is? How how I'm how I'm doing books. I'm good book, book, good. Yeah. Hmm. Morgan seems to really be settling into this librarian role. She seems to really like it. But there was a time when she didn't know how to act around you, and it was, like, weirdly endearing, probably. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly how to act around you now. Yeah. And it's... I don't, I don't mean that in a good way. No. It's, it's just a... I, I know the script to use to make sure that this is a pleasantly neutral conversation. There is no point in offering anything personal or asking how she is i will not get what i hope i will and trying to make that happen is only going to hurt me yeah and probably because she is who she is you you probably get all of this just from her facial expression this is probably something that you know and i i think she probably like she tried once to almost like offer up an olive branch kind of thing but it didn't go well Mm -hmm. because she physically cannot make it go well yeah it doesn't work and that was the point that she saw morgan's walls go up and i think she still checks in but she doesn't even try anymore yeah they, they both know what it is yep and probably neither one of them is terribly happy about it but once again it's better than nothing we'll take that yep which is very sad that's <laughs> extremely painful <laughs> yeah so time progresses time moves on 
you take the necessary steps to make sure that you remain in the city, but that your true identity and the fact that, you know, you don't age remains hidden. Aaliyah continues her work in the fog, though she has taken up uh, painting, which you didn't talk to him too terribly much, but like you knew enough about Henry to know that like that was his thing. Nate continues sort of going back and forth between the point uh, and Mizan and, and still helping them out. And, but he's, he still does spend time in the point, which honestly, I thought that he had just moved to the beach. So that persuasion check really was clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, one night you get a message from him uh, sending. You get, it, it's, it's late. Like, late enough that you should probably be in bed, but sleep? What's sleep? None of us sleep. None of us sleep. None of us sleep. And the message you get is, we have a problem. They found us. I brought them here. Meet me outside the wall. Get the others. You you manage to contact everyone else, and you meet him at the, you know, you go where he said he was going to be, and you find him sort of standing outside of the wall, like, with his, his hands behind his head. And, like, facing you and at his back are five figures that are essentially in silver riot gear with, like, face shields that hide what they are or who they are. Go ahead and give me a perception check. No, that's a nine. Okay. She's probably a little distracted. That's extremely fair. Actually, there's one other person that might be able to. Nope, that's a nine from Morgan, too. All you see is these these five figures, and most importantly, the one in the middle, who is the tallest, appears to have a gun pressed to the back of Nate's head. The servitor sends his regards, and he says this in Owlin, this, this towering figure. You did the right thing by cooperating. It's all going to go much easier for you now. And he fires the gun. You know what you expect to see, and that isn't what you see. Instead, you see a look of confusion come over Nate's face, and he turns very slowly around to face these people, and you see the hole in the back of his head where there should be blood and gross stuff, and there's just crackling blue lightning, and all at once the lightning disappears, and there is no injury there whatsoever. There's silence with just like the the sound of like crickets chirping behind you. And you hear Nate start to laugh very quietly. (laughs) You can't kill us. Haven't you heard? We're gods. And he reaches a hand into the clear night sky and brings down an enormous bolt of lightning on these people who scatter, jumping away from it to the best of their ability. Some of them get singed. Some of them get electrocuted slightly, and he turns to look at you all, and his eyes are bright and blue and full of wonder. We are gods. What do you do? Erupt into flame and burn them alive. You go to do that, and you see others sort of... Constantine is pulling his gun, and Morgan is, like, pulling... Like, you are all absolutely radiating with power and and about to bust out your nastiest moves when a slight figure off to the left sets both of their hands on fire and heaves down a fireball. All of you then scatter out of the way and the smoke from the fireball blinds you long enough that they are able to scatter and dash into the city. And I assume you try to follow them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
you guys tear after them. Um, go ahead and make a perception check for me with disadvantage. You got smoke in your eyes. <laughs> oh, that's actually not that bad for with disadvantage. One of them was a net 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a 16. You can tell that all five of them disappear into the city and that they all scatter to different parts of it. Some of them are much faster than others, but they make it away. You have a general idea of where all of them went, and you would probably be able to look around that area and ask someone, did you see anybody last night wearing fucking silver riot gear like an idiot running? So uh, you, you do have that information. And you also have the information that apparently you cannot currently be killed. And you guys find, uh, you guys regroup, find an alley somewhere. And Nate sort of like leans back against the, the brick wall and sort of sinks down to the ground, just sort of staring at nothing. And you all sort of look kind of dumbstruck at each other. Well, the magic still works, apparently. Um, <laughs> Constantine pulls a knife like out from one of his pockets and hands it to you and says, stab me. All right. Does immediately. <laughs> Nate goes, what the fuck? And gets what? his... Oh, you haven't been around for this part. You you stab him in the chest, like directly in the heart. I'm oh, assuming yeah. you're not pulling punches. No. Nope. And he doesn't move. Your knife goes in and you pull it out and there's no blood. There's just sort of like a, a like a mudslide. And it's sort of uh. <laughs> Don't Oh my regenerative powers, fuck you. I'm eyeing um, a muddy hole. <laughs> You're eyeing my muddy hole? Okay. You're welcome. It's been a long time since anyone has. <laughs> That's what you think. Um, but nothing happens. He is not injured in any way. Huh. Anyone else want to try? And everyone's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just checking. Put your knife away. <laughs> and Aaliyah's like scribbling frantically in a notebook of hers. So are we to understand, this is the hypothesis that I'm making from this, someone please stop me if I'm wrong, are we to understand that due to the perception magic that we altered, and the way that we have built this city, because they believe that we're gods, we're actually gods? Certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Shit. What do we do about that? Why is there anything to do? I suppose there isn't. And uh, Morgan shakes her head and says, I don't... Aren't there responsibilities that come with godhood? doesn't have to be you to be a shitty god. Constantine kind of laughs. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a shitty fucking god. Everyone, we are surprised. We've finally been surprised by Constantine. Well done. So I guess we're gods. This is not a bad thing. The important thing is we find out who those chuckle fucks are. Because if we can't die, I'd say that we got a lot more, uh, like a lot more cards up our sleeve than I thought we did. Significantly safer. So we, we try and track these fuckers down, right? Five of them, five of us. Let's do it. Do you guys want to go that night and start like questioning people? Yeah. It is pretty late, so there's not too many people around. And as you go, you get the sense that the people that were around absolutely saw these people, but it, they they didn't have anything to report other than, oh, they're, they were dressed weird and like they went down this alley. Like essentially, you get the sense that they they zigzagged, basically. They zigzagged and, and backtracked and eventually got to a place where no one saw them, which is a tactic that you would have used yourself. So this isn't hugely a surprise. That's what you're able to glean from like the few people that are still around that actually saw five people in silver riot gear. <laughs> but plenty plenty of time to try and track them down. You can't die. That's rad. 
We gonna get you, bitches. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> so as as you guys are searching, uh, you guys grew back up to sort of report your findings. You know, essentially not much. And uh, Aaliyah looks at Nate. How did they even get through the fog? And Nate shrugs and he says, "I, I was down on the beach, and they came, and I tried to handle it myself, and it didn't go well, and so." I gave them what they asked for so they wouldn't kill the whole town. They wanted me to bring them here, so I did. So they could kill this entire city instead of just the town? There are five people. There's millions here. I figured the odds were better. If we're going to be talking in a way that you can understand. Well, the town handled itself fairly well enough last time against more than five. And I don't want to put them through that again. Hmm. I think we used up all our goodwill when we cut and run. So I stayed this time. We sacrificed them last time. Maybe it's our turn to go on the chopping block. Fair enough. What do we do now? Sure we were going to make a move again. Well, they can't kill us, so bait it is. Guess that's all that we can do. Yeah. Hope that they do something stupid, but if Vic sent them here... They won't. Yeah. Well, then I guess we'll have to be better than they are. We will have to be... We will have to be better than they are. We will have to be better than they are. We. So you'll be here... Doing, helping, do that part. I have been helping. Just because I've also been giving my time to a community that needs me arguably more than you appear to. Doesn't mean that I haven't been helping here. Just checking to see where we stand. I think you know where we stand. You've made that abundantly clear. As have you. I pick up the energy you put down. Oh, yes. Eternally waiting for the universe to just deliver you your answers. Deliver you your energy. Rather than make it for yourself, I think we're done here tonight. Going back to the fucking beach. Oh, shocker. Shocker number two of the night. And he turns and, and leaves. And Morgan just looks at you and shakes her head. What? Going off script tonight? I didn't say anything. Exactly. And there's like a very heavy silence. That's so much. Because that would be how she would fix it in the past. But that's not who she is anymore. <laughs> the, in, in the very heavy silence that follows, Constantine kind of claps his hands together and goes, So, now that that's uh, thankfully fucking done with, because I didn't need to see any of this bullshit, I'm going to call it a night and try to sort of uh, scrub that memory from my brain. So, cool. And Aaliyah goes, I can just take it if you want. He goes, yeah, sure, I'll keep that in mind. Let's, uh, let's beat it. See what happens. She leaves without another word. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Great. Good. Excellent. Love it. All Fantastic. Of it, all of it so much. This is going extremely well. You do not, over the course of the next few years, knowingly find these five people. They clearly very quickly ditched their riot gear. Yeah. Which you, you would have expected. And you have no idea what their faces look like. You know one can cast fireball, and you know one uh, is is very tall and has sort of a gruff voice that is honestly painful for me to do, and I don't know why I picked it, but I did. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll have to kill that one fast so that I don't have to do that voice much. Be the first um, one. So over the next few years, you do not knowingly find these people. You can only assume it does not make sense to you that they would have left. There's no reason for them to have left. You assume that they have assimilated themselves into the population 
and they are probably trying to figure out what to do about you the same way that you're trying to figure out what to do about them. Unfortunately, they have a leg up on you as they know who you are. However, you have a leg up on them in that you can't die. So that's neato completo. Mm-hmm. We get about another 20 years going. Um, so in this sort of span, is there anything new you want to focus on? Your engineering initiative has really taken off and, and folks are doing a pretty decent job of starting to like map the undergrowth. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is because you identified it as a resource gathering initiative, when they get to a resource, they stop mapping and they mine that resource. <laughs> so it is, it's taking much longer than uh, you might have hoped. Um, like, there's a lot of copper down there, isn't there? Great. Okay. Oh, oh we found gold. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fuck this mountain. Excellent. <laughs> we are so prosperous. I hate it here. <laughs> prosperous city. I think based on the idea that if everyone believes we're gods, we're gods and we can't die, mm-hmm. she probably turns her attention towards the church. Okay. I'm um, trying to bolster the faith and spread the faith and make sure people still believe they're gods because if they stop someone's gonna die mm-hmm. so that's where she goes next how do you how do you think you bolster that and whatever you're because you're not the mayor anymore Mm-mm. um so you know how would you how do you see yourself helping answering prayers that's very good and uh-huh. i like it yep so yeah, that's extremely good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for the right time for that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you ask any of them to help with you? Morgan. She'll help. Yeah, I thought she might. She really wants to ask Nate, but won't. She knows Khan will tell her to fuck off. And Aaliyah's cutting bodies in the fog, so that's not going to go well. So Morgan's- I'm very busy. Sound of buzzsaw. <laughs> oh my god. So much blood. I feel like I'm going to say that again in the future and be very upset. Yeah, Morgan Morgan will absolutely help. And at one point, we'll probably bring up, pretty sure Nate would really like to be involved with this. Are you certain you don't want to ask him to help? If you're still in contact with him and think that he could further the initiative, then by all means, go ahead and, uh, reach, and reach out and ask. Just to further the initiative. Of course. Of course. Just to keep us not dead and to help the city and to keep us not dead. I think it would be better if it came from you. So I'll leave that to you in case you think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea, if it means anything to you. I think it's it's a good idea for him to help. I don't think he'll agree if I am the one that asks. If I may, if you want peace, someone has to extend the hand first. And I think it would mean a lot if the hand was yours. You know I haven't been good at that in years. No, but you're a very smart woman. I'm sure you could learn again if you really wanted to. I'll keep that in mind. Roll an insight check for me. I've been rolling pretty well. Let's see. DC 20. Ooh, good thing I have it's tough. Seven. Come on, baby. Oh, that's an 18, so it's a 25. <laughs> you break protocol for a second and you look her dead in the eyes. And in that moment, you can see a lot of things. You can see why she is encouraging you to do this. And it's because she knows that at some point, Nate made you happy. And you can also see that it hurts her physically and emotionally to suggest this, knowing what might happen. And you know why. 
You know, I always considered him to be the luckiest among us because he, other than the hordes he attracted, he had someone who not only loved him, truly, but he also had someone who knew his soul from the beginning. I guess he's not the only one who was that lucky. Morgan, like, leans back, and for the first time in many, many years, she turns very red. I'm sorry for everything. Me too. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. <laughs> oh god. I hate this. Why are we doing this? I just want to go back to the beach. Uh, I want to go back to the beach. It's okay. This isn't this one's not so that bad. That one's not so bad. That uh, was I think that was the first time that like old her came through, probably in like, oh I don't know, a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for those for those next 20 years, you really set out um to answer prayers and to make sure that, you know, your your power is bolstered to the best of your ability. So it's probably strange to you when the opposite starts happening. A lot of things start happening around the same time, like over those next 20 years. You start hearing rumors about the Red Doctor, this creepy figure who lives in the fog and will, will steal your bodies um, and use them for creepy experiments. You start hearing rumors about the man of many horns, this, this sort of like imposing horned figure that will kidnap you and eat your soul and sort of like assimilate your being into it. You realize that the church has withdrawn support from the edge. The church has withdrawn a lot of its social services that it used to provide for free. And it goes from that into very much more of the institution that you know it to be today, where we can't trust the people with, with horns, like that one, like we had this God and like he was good or they were good because technically the whispering storm isn't gendered. Mm. Um, you know, the God was good, they were good. But um, now, you know, the man of many horns is somehow related to, it's all very nebulous because it's folklore and urban legend and it's told from person to person to person. So it's like a terrible telephone game. But the idea that tieflings are somehow related to this man of many horns and that they are as a whole not to be trusted unless they prove themselves to be one with the church, that becomes the narrative. So tieflings begin to be annexed essentially by the church and kept like, if you want to have a good life and you got horns, you better go work at the church. Otherwise people are going to look at you cross-eyed and you're going to have some problems. All of this starts happening along with additional rumors. Rumors that the Hall of Lore is filled with misinformation and that it's out to manipulate you. Rumors that the equipment in Bibb's Exceptional Creations is faulty and will explode and hurt you or kill you, or you know that shop is not to be patronized in any way. One is one thing, two is another thing, but as these start piling up over the years, it is not difficult to put together that this is a targeted campaign against you guys specifically, and it's working. Uh, is there anything you would like to do about that? I think for maybe what is going to be the last time she calls a group meeting just to see if everyone will come. They all come. This has always been hard for me to say. And uh, as most of you know, it's even become more difficult in the last, oh, I don't know, 150 years or so. I don't know what to do. 
I am not a politician. We proved that out early on. I don't know how to do this, but this is how they are attacking us. They're not going to kill us outright because they know they can't. They are taking our power and then they're going to kill us. And they're doing it through insidious word of mouth and these rumors that are cropping up everywhere. And I don't know how to combat it. Working for the church and doing good did nothing. What do we do? Morgan speaks up. Well, it didn't do nothing, but it seems <sighs> like they have, they have to be in the church somewhere to have that much change that quickly. It hasn't been but a couple of decades. And all of a sudden, I mean, there are people uh, who who are alive now who were aided by the Basilica. And, and now it's it's no more than a jail. They have to have someone in there as quickly as things have changed, don't you think? They keep children in cells. <laughs> <laughs> they go in a timeout box. It's terrible. I've heard a, they're a knocking over candy stores. A woman <laughs> ran by me on fire screaming, the church is right. Um, <laughs> there was a man who was eaten alive by bugs. <laughs> Terrible things are happening. <laughs> so, so you know, Morgan Morgan posits that and, and Constantine kind of snorts and says, I mean, let them talk then. They can spread rumors, so can we. There's got to be a way that we can... Uh, there's nothing we can't fucking do. But let's not get our panties in a twist about it, all right? And you can't come in here all fucking panicked like you are. I can't deal with that. You got to tone that down. Let's just think. And uh, Nate, Nate is just sort of standing in the back with his arms crossed, not really paying attention to any of you and offering nothing. But he came. Do you have anything? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm just here to look pretty. Mission accomplished. Anything going on inside that head? Ideas guy? They are targeting our powers en masse, that's true, but they're also targeting us specifically. They can do that because they know who we are. We have to find a way to find out who they are. We have to bait them out somehow. I don't know how to do that, but I'm not the implementation guy. I'm the ideas guy. We all have enough contacts in the city by now. Maybe we can trace the rumors to their source. You would certainly try. I, it would take a while. I, these have been building for for quite a bit, but I don't. I don't know of a different way to go about it. So let's ask who we can ask and see if we can trace it. I I think that's as viable a plan as any. And Aaliyah speaks up and says, "And we're not going to cause any confusion or questions by just going around asking." Hey, where did your weird rumors come from? Oh, who said that? Okay, I'll go talk to that person. Hey, who said that? Oh, okay, I'll go talk to that person. They'll see us coming a mile away. Well, then what do you suggest? Even if we can't be killed, I assume it would hurt. She looks at Nate. Did it hurt when they shot you? And he kind of looks at her like, really? You just asked me that? Did it hurt when I stabbed you? Oh, yeah, real oh, bad. Okay, good. There we go. Answer. Ask and answered. So all I'm saying is I would not like to be burnt with acid or, or burnt at the stake or, uh, uh, you know, have my back broken over someone's knee like Bane and the Batman. Um, oh, yes, the popular stage play, the Batman. You know, the popular the man, stage the play from Love Alla, the Batman. <laughs> the Man of Bats. <laughs> Weird that all of them ended with, and this is what happens if you're not good to Vic. Um, I, maybe I don't have much of the way of implementation, but I do know a good idea when I hear one, and I do know a dangerous idea when I hear one, and I have to say this is a dangerous idea. If it's the only one we have, it's the only one we have. I just want to make certain everyone is aware of all the possible risks. That being said, 
if we focused on my project a little bit more and everyone goes, oh, oh God. just sort of like, all I'm saying is if there is no death at all, first of all, all of our problems are solved. We don't have to worry about our power being taken away. And also, second of all, we have another person that we know that we can trust who can help us. Why do you really think that ending death is what's going to free him of his duty? Couldn't you just talk to him directly without ending death? If I died, sure. So maybe we make them stop believing in you and then kill you and then you can go talk to him and bring you both back. I'm trying to be sarcastic, but I'm very tired. No, she, she, her eyebrows kind of lift. Like nope, she's nope, actually, I was absolutely kidding. I, we are not killing you, Aaliyah. At least not today. All I'm saying is he would be helpful. Sure. Lots of people would be helpful. And Nate says, yeah, you know who else will be helpful? Mallory. How's that coming? Working on it. There's a lot of very valuable ore in this city. And I apparently pushed that one in the wrong direction. <laughs> Everyone oh, kind of scoffs. <laughs> Ugh. money yeah, you guys do not want you guys do not want for money you don't quite know where it came from probably like a combination of all the jobs that you supposed you had but you mm -hmm. you have all of the money that you could possibly need and well more that's actually why they pay the palavoxes that much because she's like Ugh, gold Ugh, go, uh, go. Ah, anyway, uh, take it away uh, there's so this. much of it it just keeps coming take it please just keep finding it so would you like to set about trying to figure out where these rumors came from yeah, but try to, we try to do it sneaky-like. <laughs> you want to do it sneaky-like? Okay. First of all, roll a stealth check for me. Not a thing I'm good at, but here we go. That's a 15. That's not terrible. Now, uh, not a good enough to give you advantage, but nope. if you roll an investigation check for me. Okay. We'll see what we can find. Uh, it's a 23. On a 15 stealth check, people will remember that you were asking these questions, but probably nobody super cares at least not that you're immediately aware of you are able to trace that these rumors do come from somewhere within the church and probably most concerning on a 23 they seem to at least some of them draw back to the equilibrix himself mm. feasibly one of them could have become the equilibrix or obtained a very high position in the church where they have the equilibrix's ear but essentially with that investigation check what you get is that a lot of these rumors are coming from very high up in the church so they've got pull oh boy i think she uses whatever trusted network that she's built from putting all that extra effort into the church mm -hmm. to just kind of like casually keep a closer watch on it yeah so so there aren't people who necessarily ask a lot of questions. There are people who are confused as to why you're asking this and why you're asking this here. Roll an insight check for me. Uh, that's a 22. As you sort of like ask questions, you end up having a conversation with one of the clerics that are sort of like in the upper circles. And he's a, a dwarven man, um, short, stocky, very good looking, a dark beard, dark hair, dark eyes, uh, sort of tan skin. And his name is Paxton Macewell. And you are casually asking these questions that you've asked people a thousand times before. And he looks at you very carefully. Why are you asking this here? It seems more suited to, I don't know, some sort of a, well, frankly, not us. It's all in protecting the best interests of the church, of course. Um, as you well know, these urban legends can take focus away from the teachings and the the good works of the gods and 
we want to ensure that everything is shored up as possible. Yeah. The gods do really good works, don't they? They do their best. Well, sometimes their best isn't very good. And that's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Slowly turning to my spell list. <laughs> he's on and on, on a 22, like obviously he's baiting you. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows something. Um, I'm going to cast detect thoughts. Okay. But I'm also going to cast it uh using three sorcery points mm-hmm. to uh use that fun heightened spell. Mm-hmm. So he gets to, disadvantage. Mm-hmm, impose disadvantage on it. Yep. So wisdom saving throw? Yep. Oh shit. That is gonna be a twenty-two even with disadvantage. Jesus Christ, okay. And you see his smile widen. Looking for anything in particular? I wouldn't have to look if you would just tell me outright. <laughs> yeah, that would make it pretty easy, wouldn't it? Oh, it so would. Give me a perception check. Uh, that's a 22. You see at some point during this conversation, he sort of like casually like reaches up and like, you know, kind of strokes his beard or his mustache or something like that. And you notice a silver ring on his hand. And you know this ring. This is the ring that was around the bottle that Vicar Asmus had showed you and Morgan. Fuck. It has the forever live to serve. You can't see all of it, but you can see enough to realize it's an Alan. <laughs> Motherfucker with his fucking high wisdom. Everything is going to be wisdom. God damn it. It's almost like clerics make things very inconvenient. Cool. I'm going to try to cast hold person on him. Okay. Also using the quicken or the heightened spell. Because okay. I got sorcery points to burn, baby. Burn Let's it, burn it, burn it. it. What's that save? Uh, Wiz. Uh, 18? Meets it, beats it, God. Damn it. You're just not going to make this easy on me at all, are you? Are you really sure you want to do this here? You guys are like in a, a like in a restaurant or like in the lobby. You guys are in an intensely public place. It's really not going to look good on you. I don't want to outright kill you here, if that's what you're asking me. I'm trying to do this in a kind way. But if you'd prefer me to just outright kill you, we can go for a walk. I would legitimately like to see you try. And he's not like running. He's not trying to get away from you. He is either very powerful or very cocky. Based on where I am, who would be the closest member of my team? Uh, just uh, roll me something and tell me if it's evens or odds. Okay. Uh, odds. Constantine. <laughs> I rolled a nat once. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that tracks then. <laughs> kind of like sighs to herself and is going to cast sending found one not making it easy for me to bring him in would love some backup uh do you use the rest of the message to sort of tell him where you are yeah you get back how do you just stumble into this ship what the fuck is wrong with you i'm on my way i'm gonna see if he heard you because that technically you do have to say the words out loud that's a 17 on the die so he essentially knows that you've called for backup Cat. Oh, wait, 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 no. Unless you can do it with a thing where it doesn't... I have psionic sorcery, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, don't yeah, have yeah. To, I don't have to say it out loud. Okay, cool. Then he doesn't know that you've called for backup. Excellent. I mean, I really would like to see you try. I'm uh, sure, but in the meantime, can I buy you a drink? I'm going to pass because I'm not an idiot, but thank oh, you. What a shame. I mean, I think we both know I wouldn't be here if I was an idiot. I'd be dead. You wouldn't be working for Vic Erasmus if you weren't an idiot. Name doesn't ring a bell. Oh, strange, huh? Must have slipped my mind after all these years. Nice ring. Thanks. You look great for your age. 
Oh, thank you. You look like a piece of shit for you. <laughs> <laughs> he actually looks offended. You've been watching us. You know who I've been hanging out with. Are you really surprised? I guess not. You've all proven yourself to be, frankly, exactly the kind of people that we were told you were, and that's not a compliment. So we look forward to making sure that the wrongs of the past are rectified and that you're not anybody's problem anymore. What does he have over you, really? You're out. You could just disappear. The, the, he looks baffled at the idea. And you, I mean, you know this look. This is, if someone had told you that when you were in the throes of being in LA, you would have given them the same look. Even after this many years in a new place, you still can't even fathom what freedom looks like. That is the saddest thing to me. After all this, not that they're after us, not that they want us dead, but the fact that there are still so many people who can't even begin to use their minds to think for themselves. I feel very free. I'm here of my own volition. Mm. I am making the choice to be here and to do what I'm asked to do, and I'm honored for the opportunity. Oh, yes, because he's going to give you immortality if you succeed. He already did. Oh. Isn't that fun? I'm going to cast Zedek again. Okay. <laughs> Yo, they can't die either. This is going to be great. <laughs> All you hear is fuck. <laughs> and so the door to the, the tavern or wherever you are sort of slams open because constitutes many things. He isn't subtle. Um, so the door sort of slams open and like all the other patrons are sort of look at him and he goes, what? I can go back to your business. Fuck you. Fuck you too. Fuck you specifically. <laughs> As he walks in, Paxton smiles a little bit and bows and says, and on that note, I'm going to take my leave. Don't worry. We'll see you again real soon. And he is going to calmly turn and walk out of the bar. So the last thing I'm going to attempt to do is use a channel divinity on this motherfucker. Okay. As an action, you can choose one creature within 60 feet of you that you can see to make a wisdom saving throw. Once mm -hmm. again, stop rolling even mediocre because I know his wisdom is high. On a failure, the creature is frightened and its speed is reduced to zero for one minute. Okay. So I'm going to give it a shot. 28. Motherfucker. He rolled really, really well. She says that out loud as Khan comes up. And like, he like brushes past Constantine and goes, oh, excuse me, and walks out. That's the one right there. What? The dwarf, the dwarf. That's the one. Do we follow him? fucking let him leave? How was I supposed to stop him? I can't get arrested. Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe all of the intense fucking magical powers you have. I tried. He beat all of them, Con. You need to get your shit together. What's wrong with you? You, need to get your, you go get him then. He's right there. He like goes and like looks out the door and kind of looks both ways. Well, he's fucking gone now. God fucking damn it. I wasted half my shit on that. You wasted half your shit and you couldn't he beat everything I had. You're losing your fucking spark. Get it together. Just, my spark is stabbing people. If I stabbed him in the middle of the spot, what the fuck do you think would happen? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you should just stab him and worry about that fucking later. <sighs> but he can't. You said they can't die. Ah, he had the ring. There was part of it when they when they first showed us the, the immortality shit. There was a bottle and the book and this ring that was with it. And he had the fucking ring. I tried to hold that shit over his head, and he said they already gave it to him. And it might have been a front, but it's just as likely that theirs is a front. And at this point, is theirs a front? We can't pin anything on that. We can't do anything. We can't do anything with this. This is fucking useless. You've given me nothing. You can fucking do nothing I with tried. this. I fucking tried. I well, you didn't do good enough. Well, I'm fucking... And she screams this in the middle of the bar. I'm fucking sorry I'm not good enough for you, and I never have been. 
everybody gets very quiet and like explicitly does not look at you in that way where like a toddler is throwing a tantrum at a target aisle and you're like, I'm just not going to look at the mom because that, that's not going to be helpful to them. It's, it's very much that. And he kind of takes a step back. It's not about being good enough for me. You say you want to keep us fucking alive. Do it. If that's your thing. Do it. We got to tell the others. Fire around for the fucking barn. She drops a bag of the much misaligned gold <laughs> on the barn, just storms the fuck out, does not look at him again. So yeah, that, that happens. You have, you have met at least one of these people that you can describe and would be able to identify should you see them again. So that being said, another thing that happens over the next 20 years is that you receive information that uh, from your engineers. There have been like a network of tunnels that have been uncovered and one just happens to be under Constantine's shop. They're concerned that it might be like a structural issue for like the buildings that are built on top of it. So they're like, hey, this shop is built on this fault line, essentially. We're concerned about its structural stability. The owner should do something about it. That kind of tells you guys what you need to know. And it's at that point that you pull up whatever floorboards you need to find. You locate this tunnel and you all make your way into the cavern where the lost girl is for the first time. None of the, the dungeon rooms exist yet. It's just a path to an absolutely enormous cavern where a little girl in a Victorian dress and a porcelain doll mask sits. And she turns as you all walk in. Hi. I've been waiting for you. Or, you know, someone like you, I guess. Valerie? And she, like, tilts her head to the side and you hear almost like the tinkle of porcelain breaking. No. We don't say that here. That's not a good name. That's a bad name. You don't say that word here, it's a bad word. You must be misinformed. It is among the best of words <laughs> in a better time. No. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Do you want to be friends? And Elia in the background goes, What the fuck? <laughs> this shit's fucked, right? <laughs> Can more fuck than the book? Yes, this is completely fuck. Yes, we would love to be friends. And she like reaches out eagerly, her 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 hands. <laughs> and I like looks at everyone else, like, do do it. Everyone looks very confused, except for Nate, who is just kind of like staring blankly at her. She's gonna reach out a hand. <laughs> and she grabs your hand and it is cold. It is very cold. But she, she just keeps that sort of blank mask on. She wipes her hand over it with her free hand, and there's a little smile on that mask now. Thank you for being my friend. I don't have any, but now I do. Is that good? I made a friend. I did something. That's good, right? Of course it's good. I did good? You did. You did very good. Good. Finally. She just stares at you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in a gesture they haven't seen her do in a really long time she reaches up and touches her face and she's just like pouring tears you can like this this the more you guys stay down there and the more you continue sort of talking to her you you get the sense that like she doesn't there are some things that you say that seem to trigger things in her like when you say the name mallory mm -hmm. or when you mention things that happened in the past but this entity seems specifically hyper-focused on making friends, being useful, doing good, being of service, being helpful, mattering in some way, doing something that makes an impact. 
you put this together that like this is clearly the reaction to the name means that this is Mallory or some version of her or has something to do with Mallory because her the things that she's focused on are all of Mallory's fears and all the things that at different points most of you told her that she was but it is even as supposed gods whatever has happened to Mallory is so far out of your purview you do not even know where to start Constantine at one point kind of walks forward and like tries to take the mask and she starts crying immediately you can see you can hear like sobs coming from this like blank mask and like she wipes her hand and there's like two little black tears on the on the mask cheeks so like you can't she'll like hold your hand and talk to you about being friends and talk to you about what she can do to help but like if you try to talk to her as Mallory you start seeing hints of what you guys saw in that cave the first time. The mask doesn't crack, but her voice deepens a little bit. And and she gets aggressive. Not physically, but verbally. Uh, and the one time Aaliyah steps into view, like she's stepping up to try and see like what's going on, the lost girl lets out a shriek that very nearly shatters all of your eardrums. And it echoes. And like it keeps going inside your heads until Aaliyah like steps behind someone and then it cuts off immediately. Why don't you come with us to the surface? Oh no 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 I can't do that. I have to protect the city down here. There's something really bad back there. I have to make sure it stays. Something really bad? Uh huh. Will you show me? (laughs) Against my better judgment. (laughs) Against my better this feels familiar. Nope. Um, she will take your hand and lead you guys back to the... What all you can see is a brick wall. But there's... You get a not great feeling from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a very sort of cold, sucking, depressing void that just kind of really kind of pulls all the energy out of you. And Connor, like, I don't feel any different. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is just... This is just my life now. It's a Tuesday. And, and it's like, do you not feel like horribly depressed? And Khan's like, yeah. Oh, and <laughs> do you not? <laughs> so you can definitely feel like there's a there's a terrible energy behind this wall, but it seems to be contained, first of all. And second of all, you can't see what it is, and you don't really have a handle on what it's supposed to be doing. And the lost girl is either unwilling or unable to offer more information other than it's bad, and she has to stay here to make sure it doesn't get out. Are you okay on your own for just a moment? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to go talk to our other friends. Oh, don't worry about me. I'll be okay. Okay. Friends? And, and Constantine goes, I don't really want to... Can you come don't back here? I don't... Come here. Just go find that wind. She's like, like Aaliyah does stay back. She's like, I'm not hearing that again. I'm going nowhere near her. You cannot make me. But the others sort of wander forward well, very... she does a huddle away from... The lost yeah. girl. So maybe they God like huddle, huddle, God huddle, God huddle, God huddle around Aaliyah so she can't see her. I don't know how to fix this. We can't let people find her. Okay, what the fuck do we do about this then? Where, where is like real Mallory? That's the question. I think that's her. Mm, no, that's not a person. That's a creepy fucking doll with a weird wall that feels cold, sad, and sad, sad cold wall. And and Nate kind of scratches his, his head behind one of his horns. We got to keep people from finding this. I think ultimately we got to cave in these tunnels. There's, and like, if you look, there are like small tunnels. Like there are so many of them. These clearly snake out all through the city. And like, he kind of turns his attention and looks around because the cavern's huge. Yeah. We got to cave these in somehow. Um, And then 
we should leave at least one open so we can come and keep an eye on her. There's one in your shop. We can just like repurpose it and make it whatever we need it to be so that we can get down here easily. But also other people should not be able to get in here easily. So what if we, what if we, and you like see like his, his eyes are like kind of darting back and forth and you see him doing like his weird big idea thing. Like the mm-hmm. place where he used to get where he would usually need Constantine to translate for him. Constantine can't do that anymore. You don't have a translator anymore, but you're going to have to use your words. So um, we need to make it easy for us to get in if we need to get in, but we need to make it so that other people can't get in. So if we have sort of an access point that only we have a key to, but keys can be lost and keys can be stolen. So we want to make sure that we can still get in if we don't have that. So what if we had just like a series of traps that we knew the solutions to, but that would protect her from other people and other people from her, but we could still get past them because we knew what they were and they wouldn't affect us. Just make it really dangerous and inconvenient for anyone else to get down here. So that if anyone tried, they'll either give up or be killed. Yes. I like this. Preferably they will give up, but... Or be killed. If they're stupid enough to continue through, because... I'm, going, I'm talking about preference here. Preference, yeah. we don't want... I don't want people to be killed. I don't know what you want anymore. I don't want people to be killed, but if they're going to be stupid enough to just try to barrel their way through... All right, okay. Deserve it. Agree to disagree, Brenna. I don't have... That's my idea. Aaliyah kind of cocks her head to the side and she goes, that seems like a lot. Why don't we just cave all of the tunnels in and leave her down here? We're not doing that. Well, what are we supposed to do with this weird haunted doll? Do 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 haunted doll watch. <laughs> That's what they call their team for a while. We form, we form a new haunted, group. Doll. A haunted doll watch. Because honestly, Aaliyah, if we're not checking every now and then, whatever that wall is, what if it gets worse? We want to make sure it's contained. We want to make sure we can get to it if we need to do something drastic. I can't argue with your logic, even though I want to. Fine. But I'm not, I don't want to do like a trap room or something that's... You could just fill it with bodies and try to turn them off. I need those though. Not all They're of them, for surely. work. There are so many no, of them. No, I need them all. so many at this point. It's I become, them really become a problem we should have talked about before now. It's And everyone's like murmuring agreement like, <laughs> yeah, we really just really should have. And she's like, everyone is really shitting on my work right now. And I need you to not do that. I'm feeling very self-conscious. But I also don't really see the benefit in it uh, as opposed to just i don't know putting in a door and nate and he goes we already talked about this door has to have a key keys can be lost keys can be stolen yeah, so, the backup in case the keys are lost or stolen we have a fail safe exactly and constantine just goes i'm gonna put so many fucking lasers in mine <laughs> people won't be able to get around them they're gonna, gonna get, be get amazing. by the lasers immediately i definitely chuck fucking full of lasers and robots with flamethrowers it's gonna be tight it's good to see you happy again. Yeah, this is about as good as it gets nowadays, huh? Seems that way. And like, you you see his eyes like dart to Nate just for a second, and he just looks away. So you guys have found Mallory, sort of. And over the next several months, you essentially build out the traps that you guys dealt with when you went into the dungeon. It's a combination of engineering expertise and the fact that you guys are literally gods. But Nate sort of builds out his room and just kind of plops a piano in it and is like, this is fine. Watch. Oh, watch. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He plays F-E-E-D on the piano and a giant blue sphinx cat appears and just sort of like stands in front of one of the doorways and just screams. And he's like, you get it? You have to feed the cat. And then the cat goes away. 
And it's going to come here and look at the piano. Aren't there more keys? Shouldn't this go up, shouldn't this go up to G? Nate flips the piano. How <laughs> oh, dare. Now it's canonically in the backstory. It wasn't just you. So you guys have that one. Next up is yours. Guess we should play a game. Constantine immediately makes a face. He's like, there's no lasers in here. And this is exactly why I'm choosing this. Because none of you motherfuckers would know how to solve this. And I bet any idiots that wander down here won't fucking know how to play chess either. And if they cheat, then there are lasers. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the rooms get built out. The last room uh, is for Aaliyah, Mm. who keeps saying, I'll get to it, sure. And she just never helps Mm -hmm. so that room becomes storage so you guys build that out and um from then on it's another 40 ish years of sniping and snarking and arguing and not coming to a consensus on anything almost reconciling and then doing something to break it and not speaking to each other for weeks it is so hard to make any progress whatsoever on anything when you've gotten to the point where about half the time you can barely stand to be in the same room with each other. It's the kind of fury that you can only get when you are mad at people that you have loved so deeply for so long. The, the kind of fury that you have to feel safe with someone before you can unleash it on them. You all still feel that, apparently, so I guess that's not nothing. But at some point, sort of towards the end of those years, Nate calls you and Constantine together and asks you both to come and meet him in sort of like whatever house he has for himself, which is extremely confusing, I'm sure. But you walk in and he's got like a bag packed. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't owe this to either of you, but part of me feels like I do. Uh, I'm not coming back. I'm going back to Fallon for good. If you're in trouble, you can always call me. And if there's anything I can do to help Mallory, I want to, and I will. But I can't stay here fucking anymore. I don't know if it ever hurt either of you as much as it still hurts me to have to watch you both almost every day and not recognize the people that I'm fucking looking at. So, for old time's sake, I guess, I wanted you to know and he walks forward and he hands Constantine a pocket watch and he hands you a locket something to remember me by I guess and he picks up his bag and he starts to leave and Constantine turns around and says you're just fucking leaving that's what I said yeah and Constantine looks at you like kind of helplessly he's right what Nice me. We we can't get back to where we were if we're not all here, bud. And Nate kind of laughs with no humor in it. He goes back to <laughs> We're never getting back to where we were. Not with not with you two the way you are. We are never getting back to that until you two do whatever you have to do to fix yourselves, and even then, who fucking knows? That was That was over a century ago. Do you realize that? Do you realize how fucking long it's been? And I keep waiting 
Because they say time heals all wounds and all that shit. And I keep waiting, I keep waiting, and I keep waiting, and it's not healing. And I don't think it can heal as long as I have to look at you. Stay hidden. Yeah. Call me when you need help. I'm not turning my back on you. I just... He, he looks like he wants to say more. Or like maybe he wants to hug you or Constantine or both of you. But he just picks up his bag and goes for the door. I think she lets him go. I think Khan takes a couple steps forward like he's gonna stop him and then sees that you're not moving and just falters. And the door shuts quietly and you are standing alone in Nate's empty house. What now? Guess we just fucking go back to our lives. I don't know what Edelsai could have done. Me neither. There were a million things I wanted to do, and I never could. I, uh, I don't think I know how to cry anymore. No, I'm just tired. He starts to go and put an arm around you, which is very much the thing that you guys would have done in the old days, and then it's like he catches himself in the moment and just lets his arm sort of flop down to his side and just keeps staring at the door. He she grabs his hand. It's very cold. There's no like warmth or anything to it other than like very robotic. He lets you do it and his his hand just sort of he doesn't like grab your hand back. It just sort of like sits there like a dead fish. I didn't know what else to do. Maybe I should never have let Aaliyah cast those spells. I should never have let her read the book again. We don't have any fucking way of knowing. And maybe that's why I shouldn't have let her do it. Well, can't fucking change it, huh? Nope. You're you and I'm me, and I guess we're both shittier versions of the people that we used to be. That's for sure. Maybe there's something we can do about that at some point. No, fucking no. Too much to do. Too much to do. He kind of takes his hand out of yours and sort of like claps you very like stoically on the back and kind of clears his throat and leaves. Did he leave anything in the house? I mean, like there's furniture there and stuff, but I mean, the the like personal effects, I mean, you have mm-hmm, in your possession, it. it's got the same picture that's in Constantine's watch. What's his house made of? <laughs> Wood, I guess. Well, she burns his house down. <laughs> okay, that's reasonable. <laughs> He's beyond reason at this point. It's I'll say like if you go to burn his house down, like Constantine starts to leave and like sees you doing this and kind of quietly goes and like walks and stands by your side and like just watches it and pulls out a little flamethrower and just. <laughs> this was petty. This was very fucking. This was petty, extremely wasn't it? petty, and I don't it feel feels any good. It, I don't feel any better, but I feel like I should have done it. It needed to be done. No, I feel better. <laughs> Continuously casting fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <they're> just like. <laughs> Just very calmly, just like setting his house on fire. Eventually, like someone walks by and he's like, are you just, what are you doing to that house? She doesn't say anything, but turns such a look on the person. I need to be elsewhere immediately. That would be wise. <laughs> they leave. Carson. Cool. So you so set Nathaniel's house on fire? Mm-hmm. You psychopaths. Oh my God. Um. And despite what he says, he does come back to at least check on Mallory. He doesn't necessarily say anything to you guys unless you run into each other. He doesn't let you know that he's coming. But there have been more than one occasion where you've looked and like seen him walking on the street. 
and like having spoken with the lost girl, you would know that he would have come to visit. So despite what he said, he is still visiting. It's just more like he's basically screening calls until one day when he realizes he can't get back through the fog. It has become impenetrable for him as it has for all of you. So Nate is trapped in the city and you will have a good idea of what that means. The only person who can still traverse the fog is Aaliyah because her urban legend with the Red Doctor directly hinges on her living in the fog. So her godhood is diminished, but her cryptidhood is not. Nate takes this very hard. He goes to move back in. He's like, when did my house burn down? It was terrible. It was a horrible accident. Nobody could stop it. You know how things happen in these cities that are so closely built on top of each other. It's Someone very leaves dangerous. a cigarette out. It's very dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. They really should get it. Should we invent a fire code? I guess we should have done that. Probably like, a good idea. Nate turns to look at you both and he goes, you burned my fucking house down, didn't you? She gives him a weird thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> you and Colin do the same thing. <laughs> Don't thumbs up burning down my... <sighs> didn't need it anymore. I'm going to go stay with Morgan. Throws his back off. So yeah, congratulations. You guys are mortal again. Is there anything you would like to do about that? Fight fire with fire. Mm -hmm. If Aaliyah still has her godhood because Mm -hmm. of her cryptidhood, Uh I'm going to start inventing cryptids for all of us. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Or just playing into them, I guess. Yeah. Roll a deception check. Deception or performance. Take your pick. They're the same. That's fine. Okay. Come on, baby. We're going to say DC 20. Okay. That's a 15 on the die. (laughs) There we go. It took a long time for your godhood to be reduced. It's going to take a long time for like this information to disseminate enough to the point where it it would make any kind of a difference for you. But you know that like the seed has been planted and the stories have spread and you hear people like talking about these new urban legends in the street and it's moving, but it isn't moving fast enough for Nate. And I think he... I think he probably just goes to each one of you like off and on. Just, what 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 can I do? Like, what can we do to make this go faster? I can't be here anymore. Like, I need to get back to the beach. I need to get back to where I feel at home. And I feel like no one can give him a sufficient answer because none of you, none of you know how to do this. You're all just playing it by ear. But he does sort of clue you all into what he is going to do, which is that if they don't believe that you guys are gods, he's going to give them a reason to believe that you're gods. He doesn't really explain beyond that, but he has a very determined look in his eyes when he starts to march toward the town square. Do you follow him? She does, because she knows that look. You know this look a little too well. It's almost unhinged. Yeah it's the one she's seen in her own eyes. Yeah. More than she knows it from him. She knows that look. Yeah. So he he marches towards the square and you're all following him, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's so there's a bunch of I mean it's the town square, it's the middle of the day, there's a bunch of people around and they're all just walking, going about their business, doing their own thing. You know, the the church is like having a procession or something. There's a ton of people around. And he just stands up on top of a bench and just looks around and you see you see this mad look in his eyes this frustration this hurt and fear and anger and it's everything you've been seeing building for centuries 
and he reaches into the sky and pulls a lightning bolt and throws it to the ground, and the ground beneath him is blackened instantly, and it shakes, and the people around him sort of, like, fall and scatter. He doesn't hurt anyone, but, like, he has he has brought down the heavens on the ground for no fucking reason. And he looks at all the people who are staring at him. You want gods? We're right here, and we always have been. How do I prove it to you people? And he pulls another lightning bolt, and another one, and another one. How do I prove it? What do you people fucking need from me? And there's fear. There's fear in, in, in the eyes of the people around him as he's, like, shouting at them and, and pulling lightning bolts from the sky and throwing them at their feet. And the smell of ozone is just is burning your nostrils. And everyone seems frozen for a second before someone from the church procession shouts, That's no god. That's a pretender. That's a falsifier. That's a blasphemer. That is someone who wants us all dead. That is someone who wants to use our good words against us. That's no god. That's a false prophet. And the words begin to travel. And Nate sort of like stumbles off of the bench as people stop looking scared and start looking aggressive. And they turn their attention on him with fear and confusion and anger. And you continue to hear people whispering, this is a false prophet, this is a pretender, this is someone who wants to hurt us. It keeps traveling, it keeps traveling. And you hear a voice from off to the side sort of yell that same thing. And then a few seconds later, you hear that same voice from somewhere closer to you, behind you. You know it's the same person, but they got from point A to point B very quickly, and it's almost like they're trying to manifest that there are more people saying this than there really are. And you have a vague idea of what's happening. You have a vague idea that there must be some of that strike team here, and they have to be using this to their advantage. But none of you is prepared for when the mob breaks and surges on Nathaniel. And any one of you could kill every person here. But that would immediately turn a great deal of unwanted attention on you. And you don't know how far godhood has fallen from you. You don't know exactly what the outcome might be. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how to stop it without drawing attention to yourselves. You don't know what to do about this in this moment. It all seems to happen so fast. The tide of the mob changes so quickly. And your tactical brain is running through things that you could do. Like, I could I could cast this spell here. I could do this to this person. I could, you know, swoop in and try and do this. And your brain recognizes that every path you could take, it has an eventual outcome that will come back to bite all of you in the ass. There is no magic that you can do in this moment that will fix this. Nate went too far too fast at the wrong time in front of the wrong people. When a mob gets fear and anger tied up in their hearts, it becomes nearly impossible to tone them down until they have gotten what they want, especially when there are people actively pumping them up, actively pushing them towards an outcome that you, you don't think that they planned this, how could they have, but they are using it to their advantage. You can see fists and feet 
punching and kicking, and eventually the mob clears just enough to show that Nathaniel's basically on his knees with his head pulled back, and there's a man standing behind him with a knife to his throat. He turns to look at you and at Constantine, terror in his eyes. I, 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 and the knife goes across his throat. And whatever he was going to say, he never does get the chance to finish. And you see those blue eyes fade and you see him cough once or twice. And you see a crystal fall from his mouth onto the ground. And you see his eyes lock on that. And you see with the last few breaths, he has complete terror and he goes limp and the mob descends again, grabbing what's left of him and throwing him to the fog and as they do you see the man with the dagger turn to look at you both and his face changes it was a sort of like a round faced ginger man and you see the cheeks smooth out and become much more angular and the eyes sink and become black and the smile widens and this shape shifter smiles at you and as everyone else is throwing the, the cryptid back to the fog from whence it came, taking the crystal with them to be lost, the shapeshifter giggles. <laughs> Judging by the looks on your face, I'd say I hit a nerve. One down. And then the man's face is back and disappears into the crowd. What do you do? Walk straight into the fog. Okay. You walk straight into the fog and you hear nothing and you see nothing. Except the muffled voices of the people who are too scared to go into the fog themselves. But they have managed to heave Nathaniel into it and are shouting and jeering and you can't see where they've thrown him. She feels around for a minute to see if she can find the crystal. It feels silly to make ask you to make an investigation check when we know you don't find it, but yeah. as you are doing that, you hear, also muffled, the sound of gunshots. Rapid-fire machine gun gunshots. And you hear screaming. I don't think she leaves. I didn't think so either. You, you feel around, and you don't find the crystal but you do grab a cold hand. She silently burns every healing slot she has, knowing it does nothing, and then just stays in the fog. You hear a little voice from behind you. I'm so sorry. I'm really, really sorry. This is probably the first that you've heard of the lost girl being able to appear in the fog. I think she notes it coldly and doesn't respond. How long do you stay there? Either until she passes out or until someone finds her. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you get a couple of minutes in there before you, you feel like Aaliyah sort of grabbing you. We have to go. I I do apologize. We have to go. Um, we need to get Constantine out of here specifically, immediately. She doesn't say anything. She just kind of nods and goes along. She leads you out of the fog. Every person in the mob is dead. They have all been violently machine gunned to death. And Constantine is standing there absolutely covered in blood with a two smoking machine guns at his side. Um, and he stares for a few seconds and then lifts one and continues to shoot at the dead bodies. She just walks up behind him 
and puts arms around him and just picks him up. Is he going to fight? He's not going to fight. He passed a wisdom saving throw, so he realizes the significance of what he's done. And you get a sense in the moment that he's probably not capable of leaving himself, but he will allow you to pull him away. As you hear, people have come out to investigate what the sound was. The screams start up. People start calling for the constables. There are no witnesses, as far as you can tell, but you also, as you look back over, don't see the body of the man with the knife. But then again, you realize, how could you know for certain? The Constantine lets you pull him away. Uh, Olivia sort of like gently, gently like has her arm around Morgan and is leading her away, which is more compassion than you've seen from Aaliyah in her in her state. But Morgan wasn't lying when she said that Nate was the peacemaker, the one who kept the group together. Like however he did it, not always in the most conventional ways, but he was glue. And even Aaliyah in in her state recognizes, I think, what that loss means. So, that happens.